Take advantage of Mate's unbeatable mobile offer where you pay $1 per month for the first three months. That's right, $1 per month for three months. Each plan includes unlimited talk and text to standard Aussie numbers plus 500 gigabyte data bank. And best of all, you can keep your own number. To sign up, visit letsbemates.com.au or search Mate online. Plumber for Ream, Australia's number one. Signet is ready for this round of footy. The optimism for your team's prospects. The excitement of game day. The march through the turnstile. The team colours littered through the stadiums. Are all ruined when you see your mobile in the red zone of battery life. So come on, don't be caught out this season. Get yourself a Signet power bank and make Signet part of your game day ritual. Power every moment with a Signet power bank. Available at major retailers and Signet.com. Order the McValue bundle at Macca's today. A choice of your favourite burgers, together with fries and drinks for just $26.95. Did we just find something the whole family can agree on? Available between 10.30am at midnight at participating restaurants. See our website for details. You're listening to AFL Nation for elders, for Australian agriculture and tyre power. Number one this season. It's Easter Monday at the MCG under overcast skies. It's a chilly afternoon in Melbourne. They're down the wrong end of it, Hawthorne and Geelong, so they're relying on a storied history. Mind you, there's an awful lot at stake as we enter this afternoon. We will say hello to Dwayne Russell and Brenton Sanderson properly shortly, but happy Easter to you both. And to you. Let's head straight inside the Geelong camp, shall we, where James Kelly, part of the coaching staff, is with us. James, great to have you on AFL Nation. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Thank you for having me. Uh, slightly different territory to come to this clash, isn't it, at zero and three? It feels a bit different, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, it's, um, yeah, look, no matter what the uh, scoreline of both teams are in terms of win-losses, this game's always a really good one and, and one both clubs look forward to. So we're sort of in that position where we want to, continually improve our game and, and put in a better performance today but the excitement of the occasion and um, the buzz of the day is still there as much as ever. Has there been anything different James during the week? Just a session here or there or a chat that, that reflects where the Cats are at at, uh, at zero and three? Oh, yes and no, mate. It's like, to be honest, we're sort of, um, we've looked at our game pretty closely and some, some things that we were getting really right and doing really consistently, we've sort of been in and out of the game a little bit in terms of those things. And our way of setting the ground up has been a little bit inconsistent. Um, so we've sort of addressed those bigger picture things and the basic parts of our game. We've focused on them a bit more. Um, we're still getting scored against more than we'd like to. So we obviously talk a bit more about defence tie that in with the way we move the ball, make sure we're not tipping it over too easily. Little basic things like that, but we certainly haven't, um, you know, tried to reinvent the wheel in terms of motivating the players. Um, we just continually challenge them to improve and, and us as coaches do the same things to each other. Is there one particular thing, Kel, that stands out for the group? I know when, when you look at some of the numbers, 
maybe clearance and contest? Is that what you feel like is the number one area to address internally? Yeah, I think a little bit, Sandra. I think those, those sort of numbers certainly aren't helping us. Our ability to play the ground um, and set the ground up and, and play the game in our half hasn't helped us. Um, we know we're sort of ground balls inside forward 50. Uh, we're way out of where we would normally be. So things like that tie into the contest and clearance like you're talking about, but also our ability to set the ground up and, and um, get the players and the ball in positions where we want them rather than having to scramble and turn the ball back over in our D50 or in our back half. What about um, your offence, Kel? Like, I know last year in your wins, you were averaging 100 marks per game. This year, that, that number's down to 84. Do you sort of feel like the opposition have just worked out potentially a way that they can defend you a little bit more effectively? Yeah, potentially. Uh, I think they're probably defending the open side of the ground against us a yep. bit more than they have in the past. Certainly, that was the case with um, Gold Coast last week, is they defended the open side of the ground really well and then attacked it themselves really well. So we probably expect that. With the way Hawthorne have been playing, um, they like to go out there and then come back through the corridor. So, you know, that's probably something to keep an eye on throughout the game for us and everyone, really. But, um, you know, that, that's certainly one thing that we felt. And what about your confidence, Kel? I know probably last week in that fourth quarter when the game was there to be won, it was a bit un-Geelong-like. It was almost felt like the Suns had more confidence and they were a bit more composed under pressure, which is something you haven't probably probably said it when talking about Geelong for maybe the last sort of 15 20 years is it is that sort of something that came up in the review last week we we didn't talk about it as much Sando the probably the main thing we talked about is I reckon the scoreline probably flattered us throughout the game a little bit yep. um, you know especially in review watching it back I thought oh, you know the, the Gold Coast definitely played better than us for the majority of the game and we probably spent more tickets throughout the game than we would have liked to or, or, ha or wanted to, to be honest. Um, and then that sort of comes out in the, the late parts of the game. You know, you, you're scrambling all the time, wasting all your energy, not wasting, but, you know, spending a lot of energy in defence and you lose a bit of your composure and your power in and around the contest as a result of that. So, um, you know, all the things we've spoken about, the, the stoppage, the contest, the set the ground up, the ball yep. movement, the marks, all of those things, when you're not getting those right, you sort of can't go to the well in the last quarter when you need to. So what's the chicken and the egg situation for you? You've got blokes out of form, and if they're out of form, they don't do all those things you want them to do well. Um, but how do you get them in form without actually doing those things well? Individually? So you speak to them as a group, or do individuals need different massages in different ways this week? I think, I think it's a bit of both. That's sort of the art of coaching, I guess, is, you know... Um coaching the, the man and coaching the team is, is always a balance and, and Sando would know this really well is sometimes what will motivate one player doesn't necessarily motivate another and um, you know we want to amplify certain parts of our system which might amplify our good players and the role players you still want them to feel important so I, I, I think where I sort of sit with it is there's a bit of individual individual responsibility with the players is um, you know a lot of the modern game is you have to have yourself ready um, mentally and physically to play the game and, and then as coaches we want our team to be better than the sum of its parts um, we've got some fantastic players but we don't want them doing it alone um, the whole team has to be better than the sum of its parts and we do that by staying connected and working with each other and how you can help someone else set the ground up how you can help someone else win the footy give someone a bit better look inside 50 you know create a little bit of extra space for someone else to take a mark they're the sort of things that when that starts happening early in the game and everyone gets a bit of a lick at the ice cream, all of a sudden guys look great and are in form, you know, in the space of a quarter. So that's sort of what we'd be looking for. And what about today, Kel? How do you, how do you beat Hawthorne? I know it's a very young side and there's been a lot of list changes 
with them over the last 12 months. Have you, have you sort of found a, a game plan that, that you think can overcome Hawthorne today? I think um, one, of the, one of the great things about young teams like Hawthorne is they haven't quite figured out how to lose yet. Yep. They come and they play and they'll take the game on and they'll take risky kicks and they'll try to move the ball fast. They'll back themselves in to win the footy, which is the beautiful thing about young teams and the way um, Sam's got them playing. But with that, it does present an opportunity. If we sit back, um, don't defend, don't set the ground up properly, we're going to make them feel good about the way they play. Um, and we will be doing what I talked about earlier. We will be spending a lot of energy that we don't necessarily want to spend, um, energy we want to use in the contest. So uh, our ability to defend the ground really well will be a really um, important place to start the game and, and just be really strong and powerful around the contest. And their small forward line, are you, is, is that come into consideration with selection at all? I know, you know, DeConning goes out... Um, and you get Collar Jasney back, but is there anything different you have to do defensively come, coming against a, a forward line with, with hardly anyone above six foot today? The main thing with that is the, the lowering the eyes inside 50. They're not really a team who generally, or they haven't in the last few weeks, really gone long a lot and bombed to the top of the square. So we just got to make sure we're honouring that, not peeling off too early um, through the midfield and through the forward line, coming up and compacting the ground and making sure there's no lanes where they can sort of work the ball through our formation. Um, but certainly inside 50, like you're saying, with the smaller forward line, they'll be looking to lower the eyes and, and get back to the contest. So making sure we honour that and beat them back in the contest. And Kel, last one from me. Is there, is there anything different we'll see from Geelong today? I just probably feel like the, last, or the, the first three weeks of the season, we haven't seen that speed in the midfield. Is there anything different we'll see today from the Cats? Not, not particularly different, Sando. I think um, what we'll want to see is just... Um, like I've talked about a couple of times, it's just making sure we set the ground up well so we've got the speed and energy to use in the stoppages in and around the contest. I think, um, you know, everyone has a role to play in that, but particularly we want to be giving the energy to the midfielders so they can get out of those contests and get to the next one. How significant is the return of Mitch Duncan in, in a lot of what you're saying? Yeah, he's really important. You know, we, we know Mitch, obviously everyone knows Mitch really well and, and how important a player he is. And um, it's, we've sort of had the, I think Scotty sort of talked, we've had a bit of a similar philosophy with Paddy last year. We wanted to hold Mitch back a bit, make sure his body was cherry ripe and he was feeling really confident and, um, you know, it was really good that this is the week. But he provides a lot of calmness and experience. His ball use is obviously really good and, and that has a real way of dispersing throughout teams when you've got someone who's just always calm or always observing um, what's going on, absorbing the pressure. Uh, that sort of takes that away from other players and they can focus on what they need to do. So he's a fantastic player. Um, it's not all going to be up to Mitch today, obviously, but he's certainly important. Probably 10 minutes too early with the question, but are we on alert for a late change here? Uh, not as far as I know. Have you been, just, are you leading somewhere with that? Has, I don't think either Henry or Parfitt are in the game in front of us. That's all. Uh, um, well, Ollie, Ollie's going to be the sub. Scotty okay. sort of talked about that um, in his presser yesterday, and, and Parf is a carryover. So with these curtain raises, just in case someone does a calf in the warm-up, yeah. you've got to have someone who hasn't played any minutes. So it's a uh, bit of a reverse raffle for the players. No <laughs> one wants to be the carryover. Everybody <laughs> wants to play. But, um, you know, we, we, we really value the players that do that for us and, and Parf put his hand up this week, which is great. So could, how could you take Mitch Nevitt off? He's playing all right in the twos. <laughs> he's, he's looked all right forward. How far away is he? He's good. Yeah, look, he's not far off, Mitch. He's, he's put together a really good body of work. He's 
tall, really good athlete, really good in the contest and um, looks like a bit of a Geelong player. So, you know, we're, we're always looking for opportunities to get those guys in and Mitch, more so than anyone, has put in a really big body of work and he's gone from playing on the wing to spending some time in the ruck and playing inside. So he's a really, really smart, versatile player, which is what we love about him. James, great to have you with us. Good luck for the afternoon ahead. Cheers, guys. Good call. James Kelly is one of the assistant coaches at Geelong. So that's the setup for how it's going to transpire from the Cats' perspective. David Hale, just a fraction earlier on from the Hawthorne perspective. AFL Nation is for Elders for Australian Agriculture. We'll get into it with Dwayne Russell and Brenton Sanderson next. This is AFL Nation, the pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. Choose Beaumont's for 20% off floor tiles now. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders, for Australian agriculture and tyre power. Number one this season. It's 17th versus 18th. That's where these traditional rivals of Easter Monday find themselves. But it's not without its cause. Is the whole point of having an arch rival is the capacity to undermine you at the most inconvenient time. Hawthorne has a very clear role this afternoon against Geelong to bury them and bury them deep. Uh, I wonder what sort of crowd we'll get. It has been a very chilly day, but the cloud is starting to break up overhead and there's just a hint of blue sky emerging over the city end of the ground. There are a few on the road, Jared. I was on the road and uh, it is getting a little clogged from the Easter Monday departures from the coast and heading down and a few from the Cattery. Could this be the last Geelong home game on Easter Monday here? No. Could they play it at GMHBA Stadium in the future? No, I don't think so. I think this is sort of built up to the point as these games have a role beyond just the two fans there. Mm -hmm. They're for AFL members and MCC members, and they've carried it so well through the years as regardless of, of where they've been, there's been a, a thread to it. I mean, think back to last year. Hawthorne beat Geelong last year. Geelong yeah. were in a premiership season, and Hawthorne were uh, at the very start of their, their rebuild, and they beat them. I actually think, too, Dwayne, there are there are a lot of non-Hawthorne Geelong people still come to this game, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of rounds off the Easter long weekend, and it's a it's a great standalone game to just come and watch a what's typically been a great game of footy. So I think we'll see a lot of neutral supporters here today watching this game. So what crowd then are we happy with? 60? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I think I think to pay your way, you, mm -hmm. you need to be able to gather 60 at the end of the long weekend. Kind of crowd North Melbourne would get here against Carlton on Easter fr on Good Friday, the way they're going at the moment, drawing crowds. That's going to be a great sellout for the future, isn't it? Yeah. That Good Friday game at Marvel. That, that's found its level, hasn't it? Yeah, that was fantastic. It's taken a, a few years to find the right mm. combination, and that's the right combination. Still outs are good every now and then, aren't they? Yeah. To oh, leave North need... Melbourne with that one forever. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you need that. You need that. If you'd been running Midday Madness today, what would mm. you have led with, Dwayne? Well, probably Paddy McCartan, I, but I don't know how to... I, I wouldn't know how to come on and lead it, to be honest, because I'm not a doctor, and I don't know where this leaves us. I'd probably come on and I'd probably get Peter Larkins on and have a chat to Dr. Peter Larkins. I'll probably um, get someone from the... I'll probably get Justin Quill on from the legal fraternity, Jared, and ask his opinion as to where this leaves the sport and leaves Paddy McCartan legally if you are allowed to play or if you're not allowed to play. I'd probably listen to what you said at 10 and have a think, have a think about that as well because it's a dilemma. It's probably the one of the biggest stories out of the weekend outside of the footy itself. Yeah, I think it's a historic dilemma. It, it belongs very specifically to this moment mm. in time. I feel like in the future there will be a there will be a mandated threshold on all contact sport internationally, which will have a limit on the number of concussions that an athlete can suffer before they're no longer part of the sport. But that is that is in the future. That's not where we find ourselves now. 
So yeah, what what to do now? But the the very distressing images of what transpired are a player with a, a large number of concussions suffered in the contact sport career. And this is how it presents. This mm. is what it looks like. It's challenging for everyone. It's challenging for the player. It's challenging for his family. It's challenging for his footy club and the medical staff there. And then it is challenging for the code. Is this is not a this is not a small decision on from what happens here. Yeah, I'd like to say I would have started with how good a key forward's going and the the two pronged forward line for Carlton's going fantastically well, but St Kilda could be the story, you know, as well this season. How great a story that is with the growth under Ross Lyon. But yeah, the Paddy McCartan story just sort of, it consumes me a bit this morning, trying to work my own way through it in my own head before I actually say anything about it. That's what I'm trying to... I mean, if he wants to play, do you allow him to play because he wants to play? Are we beyond the era of signing waivers? Yes, that I feel re- that's the part I feel really firmly about. Yep. Is we, as a football community fraternity and administration we can't absolve ourselves Mm. by asking him to sign away his future life that's not the solution Uh, and i i think that's a really simplistic way to sidestep the collective responsibility in it that 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 is definitely not the answer so if you've had seven knee reconstructions and you still want to play and you have an eighth you know that you'll probably need knee replacements or you're going to be in a lot of trouble in your 50s and 60s, but that's the choice you make because you kind of know the parameters. Is that why it's so different with concussion? Because you don't really know what the parameters later yeah. in life are going to be. What was known a decade ago versus what's known and feared now versus what will be very specifically known in a decade's time is there is a collective responsibility that belongs to to all the participants of the game, not just those who run it. It's it's not a simple issue to answer in the now, mm. and I suspect these decisions will be taken out of individuals' hands in the future. So who makes the immediate decision then in two weeks' time when yeah. he might be available? Who makes that decision? Is that the AFLs or Sydney's or...? Yeah, I think that that's... That's the most interesting logistical question. So the, the first steps are, will Paddy McCartan want to play? Yep. Will he be cleared by the Sydney medical staff to play? And will the club be comfortable to play him? And then uh, there will be an industry-wide responsibility that the AFL has to shoulder here. I think there will have to be a process put in place. He just can't clear the standard concussion threshold once you're through the minimum 12 days is there'll have to be a broader responsibility and, and study undertaken, I think. And that's, I would expect that would be this individual case lot for each time that it happened from here. I, I, I would, I guess I'd post it. What's the difference between, so it's been, the 10th concussion has sort of been put forward. Well, what was the difference between the ninth concussion? What would the difference with the 11th concussion be. I it's mean, part of it, the mechanism. It didn't look like it, it wasn't like a. Yeah, it's not the first time that it's been very light in. Yeah. Paddy's case. Is that a, and, is and that a contributing con- factor to how you assess it now? I think I think for those who have the knowledge, it would have to be. Mm. Yep. Because if you were concussed in an incident that would have concussed ninety nine percent of people, then you probably read that as maybe it's just an incident, and it would have concussed anybody. So, as opposed to this, which looks like an incident that ninety nine percent might have got through. Yeah, oh, I'm, it's hard to imagine that that being the outcome for the general populace. And so that has to be part of it. I, I would be surprised if there wasn't. So whatever the medical panel that was put together by the AFL to contemplate the Daniel Venables case, and I think they have had history with Paddy McCartan's return to the game, is mm. that, that overall 
supervisory study will have to take place again, I would think. I don't think with a clear conscience we could just have him walk back into the game after the after the minimum 12-day protocol. The other thing as well, Gerard and Dwayne, this, this flows on, obviously, to community football. This is happening every weekend across mm. Australia with with our game and we need to get uh, obviously the best information presented from, from the right people. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, Dwayne, if, if they pushed out the mandatory 12 days or, or two weeks to almost 30 days just in the short term. And this is, this, is, um, this is an issue because at community footy as well, you don't, I mean, obviously you have, you have medical uh, volunteers who are, who are present um, we're very fortunate at AFL games because you've got you've got sports doctors who are on hand and obviously ambulances ready to go. But um, yeah, don't don't forget this this flows on through the whole game and 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 young men and women getting put back on the field after a concussion or you know potentially coming back too early. But thankfully, Dwayne, I know back in the era where we played, um, it was a sign of weakness if you if you if you didn't go back on the yeah. ground, and that was only you know. 15, 20 years ago. So thankfully we've come a long way, but... Um, we didn't know, and the doctors didn't know what we know now. I mean, I... Well, I think, Dwayne, the difference between between now and then was the medical officer now has the final say. Yeah. I think previously it was the senior coach who could override a club doctor and say, no, no, Sanderson or Russell, they're okay, put them back on. Mm. Um, where, um, not that they're saying, I've got put it back on the ground when I had a concussion, but, um, but thankfully this is going to... Thankfully, we're, we're, we're making progress. It was a horrible look. I, I hated to watch that the other night. And the McCartan family, they had, I mean, both, both the boys were concussed in the first half. So, um, you know, thoughts to their family having to watch their two boys um, go off. It's, um, it's a serious, serious issue. Should, um, we, should, we, should Paddy speak this week? Would, would we like him to speak? Does he have that opportunity? Should he have the opportunity to speak? Because we can't really make assumptions until he tells us how he's feeling, can we? Uh, no, no. When, when he feels um, comfortable to do so, then I, I imagine that does play a role. You expect it then? Um, I don't know. It's a lot for him to shoulder, I think. Mm. He's, right now he's the poster boy for a much bigger cause and conversation, which is bound for courtrooms. And um, I, I don't envy him that place in it when his story is very personal and his circumstances won't be, they won't be universally felt, but they will be universally extrapolated. But does it, Do you think ma- other does it matter in how other he countries? feels today? Well, it, it does. It does to me in a personal sense. That's, yeah. that's where I'm at. So the care, the care yeah. factor plays yeah, I a role. Just want, but beyond that? I just, I just want to know he's okay. Yes. And then yeah. I can kind of in my own mind, you know, walk a little stronger in pride of my game, I suppose, in a way. Just want to know he's okay. Once I know he's okay, then, you know, also at some stage want to know what he's thinking and does he want to play and how he reconciles it all in his own mind. Uh, I know he's got a good family, so he's going to get the support that he needs and the, the organisation that he plays for are a great organisation. So I'm confident in all that. But I suppose that what you're saying as well, there'd be other sporting bodies in other countries that will also be looking at what do they do on Australian rules with an incident like this? Yeah, it's hard to imagine in in two decades' time that this is not a case study of so here is a player who had suffered nine concussions, this is what happens. Mm. What what did contact sport do in the aftermath of it? I think it gets judged in real time and then I think it gets reassessed in a generation's time. Where's boxing at now? With, uh, with to- that? Totally different. I, I, I this belongs to contact sport rather than combat sport. Okay, fair enough.
Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't bring boxing or UFC into it. This belongs to NFL and soccer and rugby league and rugby union. That's the set of sports that are drawn together in in how to in how to manage concussion in contact sport. And it has moved from 15 years ago that the medical staff 15 years ago were happy yep. to send the player back out on the field. Yep. They don't now. What will the medical staff in 15 years be doing in this mm. instance? And I think that's the that's I can extrapolate, but um, but how we live that in the real time, we're about to we're about to find out. I think uh, the teams are unchanged. The subs are Ollie Henry and Chad Wingard. That had been declared by both sides, and that's how it's going to unfold. Our Easter Monday fair at the MCG is Geelong and Hawthorne. This is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont's Floor Tile Sale. Cats are on the field for Easter Monday at the MCG. They're warming up. We'll see the Hawks shortly. AFL Nation for Elders for Australian Agriculture. After this, we're all off to South Australia for Gather Round. Our travel partner is Bargain Car Rentals Australia. The best price guaranteed. No hidden fees and Australia owned. That's a bargain. The stall gift is another huge part of Easter Monday. 18-year-old Ryan Tarrant has won the men's stall gift and Bella Pasquale won the women's event uh it's been thrilling racing i think it's both of those both of those finishes were awesome ryan tarrant and bella pasquale on one of track and field's most famous honor rolls now jared wetley Dwayne russell brenton sanderson sando pick pick any game experts choice winners oh, and losers <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great round i thought this was the round jared we're going to learn a lot about uh, certain teams and the fascinating one pregame for me, which I thought could have gone either way pregame, was the Richmond Bulldogs game. And that was a classic game. And I thought that win the previous week by the Dogs, that gritty win against the Lions, was probably what they needed just to build a little bit of confidence and belief amongst that group. And they, they went out there and they, they, they were excellent. And they were led by their captain. Bonson Pelly's just quietly going about this season um, so well. And he's just leading the way as, as a captain. His second really dominant game in a row. Um, 11 clearances to Bontempelli. He really led from the front. But when the game was there to be won, I just thought the Bulldogs stood up. They were excellent. They dominated the final quarter. They won clearances 15 to 6 in the last quarter. And Richmond were just outplayed. Simple as that. When it was wet and slippery and the conditions um, were, were going to come down to the side, I thought that were were hardest but also smartest, I thought it was the Dogs. It was, it's been a really good two weeks for the Dogs after a really uh, sluggish, slow start. And probably a few question marks now for Richmond. Um, obviously going to be losing Lynch now for a while, um, for, 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 for a fair chunk of the season. Um, there's a lot of questions there now for the Tigers. They're, um, they're in, a, in a real watch uh, very closely the next two to three weeks, how this season could, could, could play out for the Tigers. They played 20 brilliant minutes. Yep. And that was sort of it. And got whacked at the stoppages. All so day. who finishes highest at the end of the year then? Because the dogs are going to do what the dogs probably normally do to us all year. They'll have their times when we think, oh, they can't win the flag. And then they'll have their times where they play brilliant football. They'll end up finishing sixth or seventh, even though round 20 you might doubt whether they're going to make the eight at all. And then by finishing sixth or seventh, they're going to give the indicator that they could beat any team in September on any day. I, the dogs are amazing to me. And in, in, You mentioned Bontempelli. Yep. At his best, he is the best player in the comp. And Luke Beveridge, at his best, is almost the best coach in the comp. 
So, I mean, it's the Port dilemma is Port can, can't find consistency. So Port play that brilliant football, you know, once every three weeks maybe, uh, four weeks if they're lucky sometimes. But, uh, but the Dogs seem to do it, you know, on a regular up-and-down basis. And if they could get that consistency out of there and, and, and evolve this forward line into something that can do it, you know, three out of every four weeks, then they're a different side altogether. Well, I think, Dwayne, with the, with the dogs, I thought they got back to their DNA, which for me is contest and clearance. Mm. Um, so Bonson Pelly has 11 clearances, which I mentioned. Trelaw had 10 and Libertore had eight. I thought those three in particular were so influential around contest. And the, stop, the, the clearance numbers were 43 to 25, mm. which is a smashing against Richmond. And they, they brought in Hopper and Taranto, remember, two A-graders, um, well, I guess I guess Hopper, debatable whether he's an A-grader, but with the potential to probably take that step this year to sort of, for the for the now, I guess, yeah. but then yep. you sort of match him up with, you match up those two with Cochin and Martin and Prestia, and they still get smashed around the contest. And I'm, I know the, the Cochin pre-game sub decision maybe distracted Richmond a little bit, and you could tell, um, you know, Dimmer Hartwick was really agitated about that in his post-game press conference, whether that was the right decision to make. They managed Rewald and they managed Cochin, but they have him as a sub and then you've got to use him. And he was disappointing, you know, coming on as a sub and in the second quarter and finishing with three kicks, you know, as, as, your, as your club captain. I just, I just well, as such a, such, such a great leader, uh, it just didn't feel right that sort of, you know, putting him on as a sub. I think... If you're going to manage him or rest him, you manage him and rest him. Mm. You don't have him as the sub. So, um, yeah, it's, it's unclear for me. As, as an outsider looking in at the Tigers now, I, I, this is going to really test Hardwick and his men um, and his coaching panel to see which way they go from here. But, and without uh, Lynch, as Jared said, so no Lynch for an extended period of time due to injury, whatever happens at the yep. tribunal this week. Yep. So, so, you've so got... I came away thinking, so yeah. my question for the Bulldogs is, are they making the top four? And my question for Richmond is, are they making the top eight? Right. So I think they're in So you're more convinced about the dogs than you were a couple of weeks ago, where no one was convinced about the dogs, obviously. No, and for they, fair started, they started badly. Yeah. But they've put together, they've put back the core of their game. And now it's a matter of, well, go on, mm. go yeah. on and be what yeah. you're going to be. I, I, I can't see the core of Richmond's game in this season so far. They, they look very much like they did last year. Yeah. I just think, and I've I mentioned this a few times to you, Jared. um there, 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 was a, there was a comment, Dwayne, that Chris Scott made right on the eve of the season when he said publicly, and whether he meant to say it or not, it, but I, I, I grabbed it. He said that, that Geelong had worked out a way to beat Richmond. Now, if Geelong have worked out that and Chris mm. Scott's team have worked out that, then you probably would assume the rest of the industry have worked out a way to beat Richmond. So whatever that template is, it feels like sides now have got a, a really distinct um, game plan to try and knock off Richmond. And it's, so far it's working well. It's, 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 it's working and, yeah, they've, um, they've lost some talent out of the side uh, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they, how they rebound from that loss. Because it's a good sample size we're getting now. I mean, we're, we're five weeks into the season, so we've got a good sample size to, to make our assessments. And the, the interesting part of this whole season is Collingwood now without a ruck for two or three weeks. They were beaten without a ruck. What's that going to do them to them? Where do we rate the Saints? I mean, do we start, start giving them a bit more credit? It's, just, it's a long sample size now. It's not just a couple of weeks of sugar-hit new coach. And they've got Max King to come back, and they've got Steele to come back, and they've... They've got a game style that looks like it's sustainable. So there's some stories evolving in this in this season that are, it's hard to know which one to actually follow because they're all shooting star stories. Well, I think we'll find out about the Saints even more so this week, Dwayne, when they take on Collingwood yeah. because the, 
the Ross Lyon uh, defence scheme that that obviously he had in his first go at coaching, and now it's it's the better, much improved model. Um, they're so hard to score against St Kilda, but they're adding to that that scores from turnover going back the other way, but they take on Collingwood this week. So we that's, should get the Brenton Sanderson second time around model because it does seem like, it does seem, this is, I'm not joking, it does seem like recycled coaches second time around are so much wiser and probably worth getting. Yeah, it's interesting with Rice and I, I, I don't know, maybe um, when when he was appointed as coach, I thought it's, it's probably the perfect fit for St Kilda. I, I just didn't see him fitting anywhere else. Mm. I know that's, that's no knock on him as a coach. I know he's brilliant. He's a great tactician, but his defensive scheme and his he almost, I mean, he is St Kilda in a, in a lot of ways. and um, Yeah, he, he, you feel like he bleeds the club. And I think there needs to be a bit of that to have fans and players' yeah. belief oh, in yeah. the system as well. Okay, yeah. you cut him, he's going to bleed us. And that's it's a beautiful thing. Oh, well, that's it, Dwayne. And, you know, sides, when you you want to play as a player, you, you want to have a game plan that you believe in as a player, but you also enjoy playing in. Yeah. So, and I said this to Jared. Um, if I'm watching Collingwood play at the moment, I'm saying to my coach, why can't we play like Collingwood? Because <laughs> and I know that's a really simplistic thing to say, but you can see it looks like it's fun to play. I know you've got to be super fit to execute it, but it just looks like it's a high scoring, high octane, a lot of fun, um, overlap, run and carry, take the game on. You know, you're not going to get criticised for making a mistake. Um, and it, but it feels like the St Kilda side at the moment are really enjoying that style as well, that real gritty... Um, resilience, um, character, defense, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to force you into mistakes and then we're going to go fast right back at you, which is what St Kilda did back in, uh, you know, the late 2000s uh, when they were so successful under Ross the previous time. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's having a game plan that a coach can, can, can instill that you just love playing in as a player. So you, I thought they came out of the honeymoon period, St Kilda, to be assessed totally differently on Saturday night is with the manner in which they scored. Mm. They took apart a team who really should be on the rise. They're yep. so far overdue, the Suns. So I thought the initial phase, yeah, yeah, I, I know what this is. But now this is something much more sustainable to be reassessed. I'm, I'm a bit with you on that front. Are your power rankings being done tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So well, they were in we my seedings last week, okay. St Kilda, and they will stay there. Mm. And I'm now much more alert to the idea of that being long-lasting than the honeymoon at the start, which was, so North Melbourne are regressing to the level that we fully expect. Um, I don't expect to see St Kilda regress in that manner. And the one story that's not a story, they're just damn good as Melbourne. So we're not going to talk about Melbourne until maybe later in the season because uh, you know, they're just bubbling along brilliantly at the moment. They played the West Coast, different story, West Coast at the moment with their injuries. But uh, yeah, so many great stories in this season as it evolves. And I'm up for a 25-game season next year, by the way. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Dwayne can never get enough. Uh, Easter Monday coming up. Both teams out and warming up. As selected, Oliver Henry and Chad Wingard are the subs. AFL Nation this afternoon. Our pre-game show for Beaumont Floor Tile Sale. You're listening to AFL Nation for elders, for Australian agriculture and tyre power. Number one this season. 40 crispy chicken McNuggets are for friends. Together with tangy Cajun sauce, close friends only. Pick up juicy chicken and tangy Cajun at Macca's drive-thru today. Select items available for a limited time. Install. 
Australia's number one. For our great game, Aussie Rules, since 1912, the AFL record has been its most iconic publication. The cries of... ...are etched into our game day ritual. We buy one on the way into the match, mark down the goal kickers, then some of us tuck it away as a keepsake. You can be part of this AFL match day experience. Job opportunities are available as an AFL record seller as well as sales supervisors. Go to aflrecord.com.au and click on careers to express your interest right now. More and more Australian families are getting the power with tyre power. And you can too during their store-wide super sale now on. Tyre Power continues to be a champion for road safety. Next road trip, make Tyre Power your first stop and find out why Tyre Power is Australia's best. During the store-wide super sale, get the equivalent of 25% off when you buy three, get one free on selected Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. Each Tyre Power is 100% independent and locally owned. Find your Aussie local at tyrepower.com.au. Tired of overpaying for your mobile plan? Make the switch to Mate and experience unbeatable value. For a limited time, enjoy $1 per month for the first three months of your mobile plan. That's pocket change, mate. Each plan includes unlimited talk and text to standard Aussie numbers, plus a 500 gigabyte data bank. You can even keep your own mobile number. Visit letsbemates.com.au or search Mate online to sign up and start saving today. This new footy season, we all start on a level playing field. 100% ready to go. Or are we? Have you done your Signet Power Bank pre-season? Your tickets, your food, your drinks, your wallet, your Mikey. It's all linked to your phone. Through the turnstiles, at the bar, in the food line, take it to the Signet Power Bank. There's a new game day ritual this season. Keys, phone, Signet. Power every moment with a Signet Power Bank. Available at major retailers and Signet.com. Oh, I'm going to go to the toilet and grab some more beers. Pause it for me? No way, mate. We're not pausing live sport. If he kicks this, we're in front. Nah, it'll be all right. Oh, what? Oh, no! Did I miss it? Come on, mate. You've got to rewind it, please. Oh, not a chance, mate. You can catch it on the highlights reel. You won't miss a moment if you drink wise. Explore Karajini National Park on this new fun Go West tour. With experienced guides, you'll discover the ancient gorges and spectacular scenery. Travel on 4x4 buses into the four corners of the National Park and leave your troubles behind at camp. If you're flying into the Pilbara, you can book airport transport services to Karajini as well. We have you covered with safe, fun and memorable experiences in the Karajini National Park with Go West Tours. Visit gowesttours.com.au Order the McValue Bundle at Macca's today. A choice of your favourite burgers, together with fries and drinks for just $26.95. Did we just find something the whole family can agree on? Available between 10.30am at midnight at participating restaurants. See our website for details. You're listening to AFL Nation for elders, for Australian agriculture and tyre power. Number one this season. 
The skies are grey, the lights are on. Easter Monday awaits Geelong and Hawthorne, which has become the festive fair of this day for many a year now. AFL Nation is for elders for Australian agriculture. Jared Waitley, Dwayne Russell and Brenton Sanderson. I've seen some pretty odd, thrilling finishes in my time. I've never seen a final siren where both groups of players are <laughs> celebrating 50 metres apart. Uh, and that's what happened uh, at the SCG on Saturday night. Yeah, that was brilliant, wasn't it, Dwayne? The actual... It wasn't, it wasn't. It was... It's hard to watch the, the Swans players celebrate like that and have their mind out of the game. Well, off the boot, yeah, it just looked like it was going to go through yeah. comfortably, right? I thought, I thought it was a fantastic, thrilling finish. It was, it was but I'm, I saw Mills on the line and... Yeah. What was he thinking? Yeah, I know. He's a great player. Yeah. Aaliyah was fantastic, though, wasn't oh, yeah, he? Not, he not, was. not only that moment, but his his game was was absolutely sensational. And uh, yeah, Port Adelaide are going to do that to some sides this year, Dwayne. They're um, they've they've definitely got the talent. You can't you can't let them play a a free flowing run and carry um, game through the middle of the uh, through through the, through the middle of any ground because they're going to really embarrass you. And they've got those three tall forwards. Um, you know, Finlayson, uh, Dixon, Marshall. It was Finlayson was the one that was uh, mm. that was do- that was quite dominant the other night. Dixon and Marshall a little bit quieter in in, in this one, but uh, I think they're going to trouble some sides. They uh, they're, they're they're pretty well set up. Port. It's just they they just can't get a consistent block of four, five, six really consistent wins in a row. They've been a bit up and down. The showdown lost the week before. Um, obviously got them back on their heels, um, and they responded the, with a really good win. Did you go on the Mad Mouse in Adelaide as a kid? I did, yeah, yeah. at the Royal that's, Adelaide show, that's, yeah. That's Port Adelaide's ride, isn't it? It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. Like, you, you lose a showdown, you go and beat Sydney at the SCG. What happens next week? Well, not many sides, when they're 20 points down in the fourth quarter at the SCG, find a way to yeah. win. And, 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 even, and even when um, they, they went down with two and a half minutes to go, Port, that sort of determination just to, just to keep coming was excellent. And... Yeah, the, the the shot on the side, and I must admit, Ollie Florent, he was dominant. He's his game was sensational. I think he had the most possessions on the ground. It would have been quite fitting if his goal on the siren was yeah. was was as long was as we going saw it. And we didn't watch the back of that bloke's arm. Well, that's twice the same now, Dwayne, yes. now that he put his arm <laughs> yes. up and lands so reserve seat holder. Fella, <laughs> <laughs> keep your seat. Yeah. Well, um, don't take that shot. Don't take that shot. Once bitten, yes, uh, well, twice bitten now, so there can't be a third time, surely. It's so that that told you, I think, everything you need to know about Port Adelaide early in the season. They're all in, mm. so that's the only reason to change a coach in the middle of the season if it's all fractured. They are all in, they can't, they were four goals down early and had it level at half time, and they were 20 points down late and didn't really look like it was happening. Yeah. And then every shoulder that will wheel to make it happen. So their determination is to fortress it off. Um, Warren Treadray tried to come through the fence last week. Mm. Yeah, no, this a little bit of sympathy from me for Warren Treadray because he is arguably their best ever Port Adelaide power player. So Warren, I think, deserves more respect overall as in terms of where he sits on that yeah. overall list of greats. Um, and I think he is. I know Kane used the words "kicking with the breeze" on his comments, but. His dad played for the club. His dad was a coached me for a while as well when I was down there playing as a kid, um, Gary. And, you know, they grew up, you know, their wharf worker family kind of. So they know Port Adelaide well. I'd like to think that, you know, his reflection of the way the fans feel about the inconsistency is where 
I think the fans are at. If you could get this kind of contribution from the players on a regular basis, this, this all buy-in just doesn't look like it's it's always there or there enough. That's all. I just don't think they're good enough to produce that. You might be right, and that's, that, that might be the the essence of it. Maybe they're just not good enough, and maybe Ken does get uh, as much out of them as the list can provide. I still believe they're a little bit better than tenth myself with a list, but maybe I'm wrong too. I was really bullish on Jared yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on Port Adelaide. I, th- I, th- I thought they were going to have a really good season. I, I, I actually like their squad. I think they've got, they've got the talent. It's just the consistency of you, you, you can't play offense without defense and you can't play contest without having to defend going back the other way. So I just they just think that little bit of uh, consistency, three or four games uh, where they have some really strong performances and keep keep the wolves from the door, if, if, if you like, with... With Kenny, I know, I know they got Josh Carr across from Fremantle. He's probably the next one in the queue. If if Kenny was to was to, was to step aside, obviously Ken's out of contract. But yeah, they, they are hard games to coach when you when you know you're out of contract and every almost every result um, is the old blowtorch will be turned up. Was he checking his heart rate on his phone, Kenny? <laughs> I think he was. That's one of those Apple phones. Well, he really? can't have messages going. No, that's true. Right. No, so the only reason to be checking would be looking at right. your heart rate, I reckon. He did well coaching from the boundary. I think it, I mean, Ken, he's got a lot going for him, Ken. He's just got, I'm not sure if I blame the, some of the senior players more so than Ken sometimes for the inconsistency. There was a prelim final a couple of years ago when they just didn't start well in that game. I'm not sure that's coaching. Why did they... They were sort of started soft in that prelim final, and it was really costly. So, yeah, it's hard to really assess it. I don't live there. I'm not in the middle of it anymore. I listen to a lot of fans who give me their opinions and a lot of past players who give me their opinions as well. And, you know, for my own opinion, it just depends on which week it is. Yeah. and it depends. So the walls from the door is sort mm. of Port Adelaide's lot, I think, for well, I think a good portion of the year, and then see if you can make it amount the to The Port Adelaide part in me just doesn't want them to be a minnow in the competition. Yeah. I don't care. They don't win flags every year. You know, that's that's SNFL kind of expectation that's ridiculous in the AFL world. But, um, you know, I, I just I want to see them with 50,000 at games, and I think they're, they're a big enough club to do that, but they need so much to go right now in, in the next well, three or four or five weeks to, to have the fans believing that this could still be the season and to have the players maybe believing this still could be the season where they could grab one from the fire uh, under Ken. It, it is hard, though, Dwayne, and you know because you're a Port Adelaide person, you're, you're a Port Adelaide player, the, the expectations is that you'll win a premiership every year because that's mm. what they used to do in the SANFL. They just won. They won, like, they won like 26 or 27 flags. So um, it must be a hard side to coach now that they're in the AFL, because the expectations of their fans is that you win the premiership every year. But the, the, the Foss Williams creed and the Port Adelaide mantra says that it's if you exhaust every part of your energy and you still lose, well, that's okay. We accept that. And Ross Lyon probably summed it up pretty well a week ago. He said it's how we play. You know, if we look like we're giving every ounce of blood, yeah. sweat and tears and we lose, well, we can cope with that. And I think that's where the fans are at too. It's just, you know, showdown losses. Um, they're pretty hard to stomach early in the season. They've had two. Last year, they were beaten after the siren by Jordan Dawson, and this year was a showdown where they had that game at three-quarter time. We didn't have it, but they had the chance to win and conceded the last five goals of the game. It was a worse loss last year than it was this year. I think that Crows form is going to be okay. Yeah, so I think you're probably right. That's a form line that well, I'd, be, I'd a, be reading into. They're a great story, the Crows. I mean, yeah. the, the well, evolution well, under they Matthew They are Nicks. due, though. Yeah. So I, I agree, but... If you're going to undertake this sort of rebuild, it's got to start to show mm. something at some point. I still and this is probably about now. But 
I mean, if Phil Thorpe can keep getting better, if, you know, Rochelle is, you know, kind of going to keep evolving, Isaac Rankin becomes maybe the recruit of the year. They are a different team than I thought they'd be. Mm. Yeah, they've been fantastic. Walker, yeah. Rankin, Rochelle. Um, it just feels like it, all of a sudden it's, it's clicked after that win last week against Port Adelaide. They, were, they had a very slow start to the season. They're, they're, there were patches in games. what they were doing yeah. early, but yeah. you have to make it more than that. Now they have made it more than that. Fremantle's part of that equation this weekend too. By they the are. They are. And I didn't like the Sydney loss, I must say. I, we revel with Port. I haven't liked those two Sydney losses. They had two freebies at the start of the year, which I reckon are worth mm. nothing. Yep. Um, and then they've lost their next two. So they're they're on the watch list for me. Yeah, I agree. They, get a, that, like, yeah. they, should, they should do a number on Richmond. Uh, let, let's see if they're actually yeah. good enough to do it. So four rounds in. Much intrigue. A lot of intrigue around the Cats this afternoon at zero and three and their arch nemesis Hawthorne <laughs> in front of them. This is the AFL Nation pre-game show for Beaumont's Floor Tile Sale. You're listening to AFL Nation for elders, for Australian agriculture and tyre power. Number one this season. 40 crispy chicken McNuggets are for friends. Together with tangy Cajun sauce, close friends only. Pick up juicy chicken and tangy Cajun at Macca's drive-thru today. Select items available for a limited time.